Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code SPORTOFKINGS when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in a state where such activity is legal, void or prohibited, national gambling support line 800-522-4700 share of up to $100,000 every week with Joker's Run Wild at Muckleshoot Casino. We're drawing winners every Wednesday in May at 6, 7, and 8 p.m. inside Galaxy. Be here for your chance to win up to $100,000. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn entries with double entries on Tuesdays. Joker's Run Wild at Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs. It's opening week for the 2022 season. Joe with the Vince Brune and also joined by our new track announcer, Bill Downs. Bill, good afternoon to you. Hey, Joe. Just got into a yeah. Seattle area. And your first time in the state of Washington? Second time. Second time. time. Second okay. time. So you're still pretty uh, young in that category. Th- so Thank goodness for GPS. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you drove across the northern tier, did you? I uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Billings, Montana, uh, Sioux City, South Dakota, Spokane, Washington. I yeah. get that right? Pronunciation. Uh, you were a little off in your geography, but well, Dakota before Montana. Oh yeah, but I'm just talking about Spokane. That's yes. calling it Spokane or anything like that. Hey, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. See, he's Spokane. on it. I got. I got to well, tell a little story. Sorry. Okay. Uh, me and Bill go back a ways, and I remember at Santa Anita where he would walk out, and you could walk out kind of on the roof there. Yeah, Joe, you've been there when mm-hmm. you visited Santa Anita, and Bill would be calling the races into a tape recorder every day. Okay, and he would play them afterwards for a bunch of us. Remember that? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it was you could see the promise there. He was he just kind of had the aptitude for it, and I'll also say he had a thing called the Rebel Ticket every day where he would. <laughs> You know, pick six was a huge deal back then, and Bill had some hellacious scores at Did the window. Really? Too. Yeah, 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 because the guys in the press box would uh, put together a ticket, and so I, I like to kind of do my own thing handicapping wise. Those guys kind of did it like a team thing, and so I would put together the rebel ticket uh, for you know a lot less than the, what they were able to group their their big ticket. Now those guys also had some. Pretty darn good scores. I saw over a few. The years, I remember yeah. Alan Malamud hitting for a hundred thousand yeah. dollars and going crazy. Wasn't the Rebel ticket because you hit a horse in the Rebel Stakes at uh, a huge price? I want to think that's where that was derivative. Yeah, of. I, I don't remember that. I mean, this is even when I had hair back then. Okay. So, yeah. Anyhow, I'm that's digressing. Ways, ways back, but Joe, I I agree with what you said. Great to have Bill. Yeah, Lee. that's awesome. And opening day 
We're going to hear a lot from Bill, by the way, on this podcast, Horse Racing Northwest. And it's just an audio podcast today. We don't get a chance to see our glorious faces and our great production, but that'll be back. Video podcast will be back as well on uh, Emerald Downs YouTube channel. 52 days of racing begins this Sunday. First race at 2 p.m. Sunday, May 15th. And we're going to have magnetic calendars for you coming into the track. Also, prize drawings. So fill out your entry blank. Emerald Downs patrons used to some nice prize drawings. Fill out your entry blanks when you come into the track. Deposit it in the big hopper. And we'll have some nice prizes for our fans on opening day. And the races have been drawn. Vince is going to go over that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, we're up about 13% on horses on the grounds right now from this time last year. That is a, a good figure to talk Great about. Great news, and we got more coming up with Phoenix Turf Paradise closing last Saturday. Fellows like Joe Toy, I already see he's in evidence here opening day. Mm -hmm. Joe, 72 horses yep. on the on the nine race card, including 46 on the late pick five, which means what? Over nine a race. So, Bill, you're going to be a busy boy. I like that. And we I, might even I, have I, some I, off track. I hope not, but it's possible you could be calling some muddy silks there too. So, well, welcome to the Northwest. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's fine. You know, I, I like nine horse, ten horse, eleven horse fields as opposed to so five and sixes, as well as everyone else at the track, including our our fine betters. And you are used to calling pretty good field size from Indiana the past nine years. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they do pretty good out there because yep. they can get a little bit uh, uh, Kentucky. They might get some people from Ohio. Now they got uh, with Arlington closing uh, and Hawthorne not running in the summer. Uh, they got some Chicago trainers. I was seeing that on the simulcast signal today. Uh, so they were able to draw upon all sorts of people in Indiana and do pretty good uh, field size wise. Okay. So, yeah, Bill, uh, last nine years at Indiana Grand, now rebranded. Uh, Horseshoe Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. That just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, hey, we have money up in our stake schedule as well. Uh, dollars up in the stakes purses, which is great. And I didn't mention yet, we're up in purses 20% over the end of 2021. So that is one of the reasons we're up on uh, horses on the ground. So we're looking really much forward to our 2022 season starting this Sunday at Emerald Downs. Um, and if you're a simulcast patron, of course, you do get in for free up until two hours before the first race on a live racing day. So on live racing days, we're going to start charging admission two hours before the first race. And with your admission charge, you're going to get an Emerald Downs program again this year. Shoreline, uh, 167th and Aurora is back open for simulcasting Wednesday through Sunday. And the Angel of the Winds Casino up north of Marysville, probably an Arlington address. Angel of the Winds Casino just off I-5 uh, north of Marysville. That is open for full card simulcasting as well now. And they have a sports book at the Angel of the Winds also. So those are some details. Uh Vince, so uh, you talked about our jockey colony. Um, I just uh, did a quick little math there. We have four jocks that have won titles here at Emerald Downs. Alex Cruz has won the last couple. Juan Gutierrez is a titleist. And, of course, our all-time leading jockey. Leslie Mowing and Kevin Radke have won a couple titles here. And they're all going to be here riding in force. That is right, Joe. And in addition to those four title winners, we've got people like 
Jennifer Whitaker, number nine all-time, uh, leading gal rider. Javier Matias, fifth all-time back. Uh, Wayne Barnett, we saw last year on uh, Coastal Kid win the Muckleshoot Derby. Cassio Guglielmino, mm-hmm. I believe that is the wife of Jake Samuels, who is a jockey. She's ridden here before. She's a talented uh, young rider. Alex Anaya, the Grants Pass champion. Joe, we've seen great progress from him hey, up here the last year. couple of years. Yeah. Kevin Orozco, our leading stakes rider back here full time. Jose Zanino, he had a heck of a winner. Really good in meet Phoenix. And he's, uh, I think, Getting close to our top 10 all-time here. David Martin, who rode here as an apprentice a mm-hmm. few years ago, been riding in Oregon. I see him back. I did talk to Agent Vito Lucarelli. He also has another new rider, and I'm remiss. I did not write down the name. Doesn't look like he has a mount opening day, but he shows some promise. He's been riding in Arizona, originally from South America, where he won 1,000 races. I'll have that name next time. Okay. All right. Uh, just an outstanding jockey colony at Emerald Downs this year. Again, for the start of the season coming up Sunday, first race, 2 p.m. And nine horse card. Let's see. Uh, we should probably talk a little bit about that Kentucky Derby from last Saturday with that uh, big long shot winner. And uh, Rich Strike won the race. And uh, hey, news now that he's not going to go in the Preakness, which is you know, pretty much of an oddity over the history of the Derby to the Preakness, the winner. I know Country House didn't run after he was DQ'd into the uh, first spot in 2019. But uh, what do you think about the Kentucky Derby, Bill, as a fan and a handicapper? Well, I mean, the early pace was was electric. I think it was the fastest first quarter mile. And Correct. when you do that, it's going to be a closer. I mean, even Epicenter, who was who ran, I thought, just a tremendous race and just got tagged by rich strike oh boy yeah yeah he he uh was not right on the pace either so it just was it's like an old term uh, like uh i think i heard uh someone on tvg say it one time an accordion race where the front runners were nowhere there at the end and so from a handicapper's point of view um you know epicenter ran terrific um and you know, uh, Rich Strike was not going to be one of the favorites, I don't think, in the Preakness, even though he won the Derby, just because I don't think the same, it would be the same race shape in the Preakness. Yeah. I don't, and handicappers recognize that, uh, that fact as well. Uh, and the Preakness will still be fine. It just doesn't have the appeal of, of the Derby winner. But, you know, they say epicenter and, and, and the Philly's going to be running, right? Exactly. Yeah. And as we all suspected with Wayne Lucas. So. Yeah. So that, that adds intrigue right there. Sure. Anytime you get like that, that factor. Um, it still has uh, plenty of appeal, I think. All right, I see Epicenter probably being heavily favored in yeah. that race. He ran gangbusters. Um, Your pick, you almost picked a derby winner. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I hate to say, I'm not, I mean, I would never have talked Rich Strike up, but I did spread in some exactos. And if Joe and Bill, if I had taken a little longer look at Rich Strike, there were a couple things that I might have Which just I thrown a couple of exacted dollars on it. Okay, but in terms of the race being uh, crazy, yes, but not fluky. The logical horses ran second, third, fourth, and fifth in there, there and, and the uh, pace went crazy well where were all the other closers rich yeah, striker yeah. in that race so you yeah. got to give it to what him. what a ride yeah what a Leone, ride by Sonny huh? leone and if you looked at that overhead shot that really showed what, what a brilliant movie made ride and when you're on an 80 to one shot you need everything to go right you need to push every button and Sonny leon did it joe you're absolutely oh, right man I will say one that, you know, looking at the PPs, uh, he had a couple real interesting thing. And I remember writing a column on esoteric handicappers one time, and I forget the guy's name. It was one of a guy like Meadow or Mark Kramer, but he, Rich Strike had a running line that is extremely unusual for a thoroughbred racehorse. 
He won by double digits at odds of 10 to 1 or more when he broke his maiden. That is extremely unusual. And that's something I usually put a little thing on it because you have to be a good horse to do that because you're not counted on to do much. There's horses clearly better than you in the race and you win. Now, granted, it was a maiden 30. Yes. I'll give that. But it was over the track, you know, and it was a second career Yeah, start. it was a maiden 30. It was a maiden 30. and uh, But, you know, how often do you see a horse win at 10 to 1 by 17 and a quarter lengths and get claimed. Yeah. You know, all that is just very unusual. And how does uh, Joe Sharp feel? Because I think yeah. it was a former Joe Sharp it was. Uh, it was. trainee. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for him now. Calumet Farm, yep. they, they still can say they bred the Derby winner, so it's a good deal for them. Yeah, I feel a little for Joe Sharp. I mean, come on, who knew that he, that, you know, in their wildest imagination, they they didn't claim that horse saying we got a Derby horse here. But you're allowed to dream in, 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 in thoroughbred racing and, uh, I, I, I'm the more I watch it, that horse are in the race. Joe, what do you so, think? So, uh, first of all, uh, we did a superfected ticket. I got a little group on Thursday nights at Derby Week for several years now, and on Thursday night, Rich Strike, Rich Strike was not in the race. He was an also right. eligible. He's not even on the T-shirt, the so official Derby T-shirt. We would go around. Okay, there's that. <laughs> we would go around the table and assign a point value to every horse. We took this much time, one through five. Well, we didn't even consider 21 and 22 because they weren't in the race. So so there was that. Uh, no chance, you know, I, I was not on him. And then you always look as a handicapper afterwards right. and see. Now, the barn really liked him because, he, I guess, he was doing they, super. They he sounded like over. they had a five to two shot <laughs> yeah, when when the jockey trainer and owner and, were interviewed after the race. You know, I think they, they, they were... And I they, mean, they had to be surprised, but they were very calm. <laughs> they were surprised because I, apparently, uh, Ethereal, what's his name? Lucas's horse, Ethereal Road, or I Ethere can't, Ethereal Road. Ethereal yeah. Road. Yeah. He scratched in the last- 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes before official scratch time was over. So uh, they just figured they were on to New York and running in a week in the Jerome or something. Yeah. So anyway- uh, no, I wasn't on my radar. But in looking afterwards, he had, they have, you know, the DRF has time form, early time form, late. He had the highest That's late right. number. Yep. And, you know, some handicappers could have figured it was going to be a fast pace, which it turned out being. He had won over the track. Um, he was finishing really well at Turfway from way, way, way yeah. out of it. But, but Tiz the Bomb was but, winning. Or but that's Tiz. just it. You, you go, yeah, he's finishing. But then you see, well, Tiz yeah. the Bomb's yeah, beat him. And beat Tiz the Bomb's 25 to 1 yeah. in this race, you know. Yeah. So No, he he just was not un under any consideration for me at all. But uh, um, those are some things. And, you know, you get back at Churchill Downs after finishing well. You got more ground, potentially fast pace. I guess that's where... Some betters might have put a backup. Bet well, on that's it. Kurt Hoover, who we know from California. Oh. He did. He loved Epicenter, and he had a back wheel. So that Exacta wow. paid forty two hundred dollars, forty two hundred dollars for a two dollar Exacta that included the favorite. <laughs> You'll never see that again. <laughs> Was uh, Epicenter the actual betting favorite? Well, post time. I think yeah, he did because Mattress so. Mac laid yeah, his million right. and a half on yeah. him. It was seven to two that's at post time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, so Rich Strike not going to the Preakness, going to look at the Belmont, but we're going to have a nice big field in the Preakness. You mentioned the Philly Secret Oath, and she had a nice move in that Arkansas Derby 
not a great trip that day. Still made about a, you know, more than a quarter mile move and came up a little short. But boy, she made another long extended move in the Kentucky She's Oaks. good. Yeah. I don't know if she's good enough to beat the boys, yeah. but uh, she's she's convinced me with that. That's a, that's a big withering move she has on the turn. Yeah, and then it was always the plan, kind of, you know, go to the Preakness uh, after the Arkansas Derby, didn't win it. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of intrigued. You know, you always think of, well, Rachel Alexander or something like mm-hmm, that. Yeah. Um, so that 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 will give the race a, a enough luster, even though the Derby winner's not in it. I, I heard Steve Aswison interviewed, and he was very uh, gentlemanly about it. You know, that's a tough beat for him. Epicenter ran his race, oh. you know, and that makes him 0 for 24 in the Derby, gets beaten. He said, hey, the more I looked at that rich strike beat us. I got no complaints on that. That horse ran huge. You right. know, my horse ran great. It, it's racing. So, you know. He was at, around the top of the stretch. He was in a little bubble of about six horses. You know, yeah. if you watch that overhead. And he was right in the middle of all those. And, you know, anything could have happened at that point. In fact, Eric Reed, the trainer, was watching on a screen in the paddock and said, I lost him. And I could see how you would lose yeah. him. Because there was, and then, but he had so much horse, Leon did, that as soon as anything opened up at all, I mean, the horse was just out running everything. So, and, anyway. and both announcers picked it up. I could I could see a track announcer struggling to. You're looking for closers, and you're not really looking for rich strike at that point, are no. you? Twenty one saddlecloth is hard <laughs> yeah, to what read. What about that, Bill? <laughs> yeah, and then the twenty one saddlecloth, you don't see it. Too you often, never see though, it. as when you're doing the Derby, you kind of know, you know. Even the 21, 22 Santa yeah. Claus, what color they I are. Would, but, would, yeah. it, but it's beige, is it not? So yeah. beige and white. <laughs> I was expecting, yeah. and I was going, oh, 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 well, who's that? Somebody coming. <laughs> yeah. But you could, you, uh, two and 21 Santa and Travis Claus, Stone yeah. both picked them yeah. up. Yep. They, they, luckily, uh, up the inside there. And uh, mm. uh, yeah, it was uh, uh, always tough, the, the you, deep oh, close. Because yeah. when you call a race, you, you if it's like a favorite, it is a closer you are going to f- make sure that you say something because there's right. nothing worse than not having it. But when you're talking an 80 to one shot, he wasn't in the picture there to about the eighth pole. That's right. So he really got clear and then he, he really took off. Um, so to, to pick him up, both, the, both guys, yeah, give him, give him both. Credit. Definitely. I yeah. do. Yeah. With more I watch names it. in there. Uh, Vicki Potter, who is our director of group sales and is a horse owner, uh, done so well with Howard Belvoir, um, Rising Star Stables. Um, she bets every horse to win in the Derby every year for a long time. All right. So since 05, she's had Giacomo at 50 to one. Mind That Bird about 53 to one in 09. It's a good bet. Country House paid off on one. race day. And this year, 80 to one. How about that? Yeah. And I did the math. She's down a little bit with all those really? big winners since 05, starting with Giacomo. Well, She's down a little bit. Oh, yeah, because yeah, you're betting 20, 20 horses, horses a race. Yeah, year, you're yeah. betting 40, and some years you're getting 680, 760, 780, you know, $8. Gotcha. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, she's yeah. actually down just a little bit. She's but had a lot of much. excitement, though. <laughs> I don't know. I take those five. If you're going to do something right. like that, take those first five favorites and throw them out the window and just play. Yeah, if you're going to try to make... Uh, yeah. If this is what you're going to do, you're sprinting yeah, for long shots. you're right, because you're not... Take some of that, you know, who cares if you, you yeah. cash and get and back it, $10. It, I felt bad when I saw him. I said, exacto paid. And, but you know what? I look back, I didn't do my homework on that horse and I don't, didn't deserve to hit it. So, there was you just know. so many contenders this year, to, in my mind. Yeah. You know, decent, lightly raced horses. I threw in a couple anything. crazy ones, but not him. Okay. So. 
Well, uh, Bill, uh, just a little bit more about your history. You're you're our Emerald Downs track announcer. Very happy to have you, and uh, you're not new to this game. No, no. Uh, I've been all over the place. No, I have not been in the Pacific Northwest <laughs> too often. I've, I started my career uh, in horse racing at Santa Anita and Hollywood Park working in publicity in a job that doesn't even exist anymore. Oh, Joe used to do that too, radio results. Yeah, way back when. I'll show you my list sometime. Okay. He had a long one too. Yeah. And then yeah, first first uh, first job uh, as a track announcer was at Arapahoe Park, which is outside of Denver. Opened in about 84, that track. I yeah. Know. It has a, a bit of a history with some track announcers. I know Tony Kalo, the announcer at Finger Lakes, used to be in NoCal, mm -hmm. the voice of NoCal Racing. Um, he was at Arapahoe Park uh, before me. And a couple other guys. have. Uh, I know Peter Berry um, at at Mountaineer Park. Okay. He was the announcer, I think, right after me. Uh, and now Jonathan Horowitz has been doing it for a while. Um, and and I told Bill the story. Jonathan used to also practice on the roof at San Anita <laughs> when he was like 10 years old. Yeah, so then I got the job at uh, uh, Beulah Park. I thought I was going to be in Denver for a while. I was doing like a, a little bit of everything out at Arapahoe Park. I was managing the the money room for goodness sakes in the off season. <laughs> so I had a lot of, a lot of experience at Arapahoe park and then in Beulah park for a while out, out outside of Columbus, Ohio, uh, was the announcer, first announcer, Presque downs. Uh, then after Luke Kreiboss passed away, the former, uh, Hollywood park and Churchill announcer, um, I took the job at Ellis park and Luke and I were really good friends. Mm. You know, Luke has helped countless announcers over the years. Yeah, I think Pete Aiello. Robert Geller swears if you wanted a job in racing for several years, you needed to go through Luke. He had that much uh, influence. Yeah. yeah, he helped me get the job. I won't get into it, but he yeah. helped me get the job at Arapahoe <laughs> Park after there was another racetrack that I was signed for mm. that said all of a sudden no. And Luke was able to pull some strings and and this job was available at Arapahoe Park. So Luke is the nice. guy who who really got me uh, in the door, and he would be the guy we talked about the uh, playing practicing on the rooftop. Luke would be the guy at Hollywood Park. He loved critiquing and oh. listening to that stuff. He just got his he got his chuckles out of because uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't have much time to practice on the roof. It was like I literally had like two minutes to memorize a field of nine. And a lot of times I screw up. So I think that was part of the appeal. But uh, Alice Park and then uh, Indiana Downs, Indiana Grand. Yeah. Um, and there was a couple summers at River Downs and filled in at Churchill. One year I was the backup at uh, Churchill for the Derby in 2014, the year California really? Chrome. I called the last two races on the Derby Day card nice. that year. So, um, so I've been all over. Uh, but uh, you know, we got in town uh, yesterday and uh, looking forward to uh, what 52 racing dates. Correct. That's right. 52 days into September 18th, and he called uh, background in the uh, Indiana race of two 2020. Oh, that would have been the Derby. Indiana Derby. That's right. Yes. I Which forgot he had a ran there. Yeah. ride that day. I won't see anything. Yeah. Was that Deshaun Parker? Uh, or... yeah. I don't remember who anyway. was aboard. Yeah. But uh, Bill's with us. He's going to be with us on our podcast throughout today. So uh, we'll, we're going to take a short break here and re be right back on Horse Racing Northwest. 
Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void or prohibited, national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Horse Racing Northwest continues once again its opening week at Emerald Downs. It's our 27th season and starts this Sunday at 2 p.m. Nine race card. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, and our new track announcer Bill Downs here in the studio at the television center here at Emerald Downs. Hey, a reminder, 14.7% takeout on win place and show wagers. Uh, we've researched it. It's the lowest in the country. You a win better, Bill? Yes. Okay, good. I can do uh, win bets on occasion, not all the time, but uh, when the opportunity presents itself, certainly. Okay, yeah, and that that is great, you know. Uh, um, I'm I'm usually a win better because, and Vince is too, uh, you know, you bet the exotics or at least pick threes and then, you know, you really like a eight to one horse. If you don't bet them to win, you might not hit the pick three. And those are the frustrating things. So I- I'm more horizontal than vertical. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I like wins and daily doubles are my forte. Yeah, you're a double guy. Double guy, but yeah, you know, every once in a while, you take it race by race and see what comes up. Okay, um, so we got the nice take out there on the Win Place show. Um, and, you know, things are going to change this meet because a lot of the top Washington breads are here, including Blazing Bella Blue, who was our state's leading earner last year, winning a stake here and a couple down in Phoenix. And uh, who's doing good this year? And Blazing Bella Blue was our Washington Horse of the Year. That's right. Okay, yeah. Got Anthony's Cleopatra with Tim McCanna down in the Bay Area. That is a very nice horse. Just won the California Oaks. Yeah. Is top on the list, 88 grand. Lynchpin Storm, who we saw here break the maiden at Emerald Downs last year, has been a machine down mm. at Phoenix up to 59 grand, almost 60. Time for gold. A uh, very good two-year-old here a couple years ago. At, uh, one on Phoenix recently and is at 37. Union Brother, a six-year-old. Three wins at Turf Paradise, 42,000. And the Big Wham, who we talked about on the show right. last week, ended up running second in that stake. The two-year-old uh, Washington bred is already at 41 grand. Yeah, he hasn't won yet, but he's, what, two seconds and in, in including the stake? Including a $200,000 stake at uh, Churchill Downs uh, last Thursday. Okay. The Big Wham. Yeah. So uh, those numbers are going to change quite a bit as we move through 2022 and a lot... Uh, Again, our stakes purses are up a little bit this year. Similar stake schedule, but a little bit more money in uh, this meet at Emerald Downs. Okay, well, Bill Downs is with us, and uh, 
Bill is a handicapper as well as a track announcer. Um, both those things kind of grew together, did they, Bill? Well, yeah, I was a handicapper first. Sure. You know, growing up, uh, went to the Chicago racetracks. Arlington was the first one. And the old sportsmen's with the tight turns, the, the five-eighths of a mile track. And that was like a whole different handicapping puzzle in Hawthorne, which is still there. Were they spinning out of the turn back then? Yeah, oh yes, they were spinning out of the turn. I love love, uh, Phil George F., the late Phil George F., uh, who's probably the first guy I kind of looked up to as, you know, even as a kid, I just loved him. He was a little different than some of the the other East Coast announcers, a little different, uh, a little more, I guess, pizzazz would be the proper way you know yeah marshall cassidy and me and joe talk was very proper <laughs> yes, at the microphone absolutely. he would call he was good but he yes. called your distances and the name of the horse that's the old school way of doing things yeah yeah so uh yeah so first it was the, the handicapping and then and then the announcing um but i would you know go to with my dad my late father at arlington all the time and you know he t- teach me some stuff but then you start picking up uh your own stuff and uh um, in terms of handicapping factors, I always, I always try to identify the speed in the race, yep. no matter if it's a, a maiden claiming for five or a grade one race, like the Derby, you're trying to identify the speed and in, that's where you, everything's kind of based off of. Yeah. There will be some horses that will just be playing too good, um, in certain situations, but I always, I, pace makes the race. And sure. so that's probably the first factor that I always take a look at, no matter if I'm playing, um, just a regular day at the races or playing a handicapping contest. Um, you know, with the handicapping contest, you're kind of looking more towards, you know, middle price horses, yep. long shot horses, where in regular gambling, if you get like a five to two shot and you love it, you can hammer it a win better. You can maybe key the horse in a, a pick five and try and make a huge score. But with the you know, in, in handicapping contest, it, it, there's, all sorts of formats as well. So it's not a sure. one size fits all in terms of uh, handicapping a theory, if you will. Which- yeah. And uh, the contests leading to that um, and picking medium and high priced horses, you have a pretty rich history in qualifying for the big one, the NHC. Congratulations, yeah. Yeah. man. Well, it's been around for a while and, yeah. you know, but I've qualified 10 times. That the best finish great. I had, I think, think don't quote me i think it was 15th was the year that ron rippy okay. uh, late ron rippy it was uh, a, a wonderful handicapper in new jersey uh for the naira races so he won it that year and i finished 15th. we both used the same horse at the end with some uh-huh. jeff mullins horse i always remember that <laughs> but uh i i digress but uh, yeah 15th is the best i think i've cashed three times Three of the ten, so great, not bad, not bad at all. I haven't, I haven't played as much in the last couple of years, um, but you know, I had some stuff. Like I mentioned, my my father passed away. I've had some issues in terms of uh, you know, when I handicap, I got to be all in. I just can't just you know, kind of pick up the racing form and go, oh, yeah. you know, who do I like yep. here? You put know, your money I, on the line. You, you know, got I, I, yeah. I agree with that. And I learned a long time ago, you know, you used to take flyers and you can still do it every now, but $20 here, $20 there, it adds up. Sure. And my saying is, if I'm going to wager on a race, I better be able to answer a pop quiz. Like, where's the pace going to come right. from? Is the favorite beatable in your opinion? You know, exactly. Like all those kinds of things, just the nuts and bolts. Yep. And I agree with you that the first place I look is the pace. And that's 
Okay. Yeah, definitely. That That's huge. Uh, if you really think back at a lot of your good winning wagers, it was a wire to wire horse. I mean- And you did and the I, homework. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, maybe- Maybe that's not the case with you. It is the case with you. I know that. Vince has loved speed since the 80s. But uh, anyway, uh, so you look back and uh, let's see, I lost my train of thought there. That that does happen. Well, he, horse he racing finished in the money in, in three of 10 yeah, NHCs, uh, which is pretty darn good. Oh, oh trip, trip handicapping also. I like watching videos. Definitely. And I like identifying not necessarily the obvious trouble but more the subtle trouble if you can get something that is not listed in the the comments comments, you've got yourself potential gold there those are the ones i love too i look at the chart (laughs) very shortly after you know you run you bet a horse that runs fourth or fifth and you look at that chart a half hour later oh he didn't he didn't have anything on that yeah that's right and i keep a little i keep a list of horses that in my opinion ran better than looks or whatever and and uh, that I might want to take a closer look the next time they're back. And then even if the trouble line does get noted, it not all troubles created equal. Some trouble is, you know, a horse is tired. That's that's noteworthy being tired if it's a fast pace. But if you're just a, a regular pace and you get tired and you pinch pinched or whatever doesn't matter doesn't matter sure. so not all troubles is created equal and that's what i would tell handicappers you got the time make sure to look up some race videos race yeah. replays you and, can really and, do and, that and now watch. too yeah. you couldn't in the old days yeah exactly um and that, that's something that the modern handy day handicapper and you even got some um now you got some professional services that they they i know one uh, outfit basically it's all about trip notes and they do, and you read them. It's like they're doing, they're doing the work, major work, major work. We have a great work, trip so. note guy here, John Lindley. Yes, I heard John with me yeah. on the weekends. Yeah, and he's he's a really fine handicapper. He doing the morning line. He's indispensable for me. Yeah, because and, he he picks it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've said this many times uh, into a microphone, but he. He's, he has a good short memory. He's looking at that race and that field and that day. He's not worried about if he hit the pick three for $800 on this That's horse. Right. You know, he, it, it's uh, very subjective with him, which is, you know, in the long run, it's going to be the best course. When I lost my train of thought, I was going to say, I like a race in which I really feel the favorite is vulnerable. Sure. Oh, yes. Very much like that. Then you're betting into a yeah. positive expectation and, there. And you're, you know, you've got a horse with a lot of money that you think you can beat. So you you're bet. getting a little value on your odds there. So uh, Robert Geller um, didn't bet much at all, like we said earlier. And but very he was astute. <laughs> but he picked on Handicapper's Corner. And so I felt I could hear a little extra oomph in his voice when his horse, especially when it got over five to one, was coming in. Now, maybe I just was reading into it because he was rubbing it in and beating me or Human something. Human nature, but, though. <laughs> but uh, how about yourself? Do you, uh, are, you, you, are we going to be able to tell? What, uh, what is he going to tell us? <laughs> no, I'm terrible when my horse is winning. I just rub it in. Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, um, I had a thing in Indiana on the, the Wire to Wire show called uh, Bill's best bet or the BBB. So yeah. anytime the BBB would win <laughs> and it wasn't like, you know, I, I couldn't care less if it won, if it was like, you know, five, $6 horse, sometimes, you know, get horses, uh, you know, I made the morning line at Indiana grand. And so, um, 
sometimes I could be wrong with my line. So I might think a horse is going to be four to one. It might go off as the two to one favorite. And, you know, I pick that horse as the BBB. I don't sit here and go, you know, yeah, dumping my chest and uh, saying, I'm the, I'm the guy here. But if there was a $20 horse, uh, you made it the best bet of the day. You could probably well, hear a little you bit made of someone some money probably sure, right, but, I, but I won't say, and that's, you know, my best, I'll never do that. I'll just, but I'll be, ex, I'll be excited just because. Of, hey man, when we hit something, yeah. you want to brag, right? Well, I mean, you know, you, I might put it on Twitter that, uh, you know, I like that horse and mention it on the show or something like that. So, yep. Uh, but, uh, but Joe yeah. gave out a $60 horse on our podcast here. Beautiful. Earlier in the year. Yeah. Cool. Beat up a center. Beat up a center, no less. I don't less. think he and, finished the, the race. But you the were just talking about this day with John Lilly. He won that day, and that's yeah. all that mattered, right? Yeah. So. Okay. So a little bit of theory from Bill. Uh, and uh, he has accomplished as a handicapper uh, with 10 entrants into the NHC. That is great stuff, Bill. Um, hey, we've got a really good chef this year. Scott McLean is our new chef. And... Uh, for some reason, we've been getting a lot of lunches lately. There's been some groups, and uh, no, Scott is uh, is really a fine chef. His product has been fantastic. He's been here yes, for sir. a couple months now. So you know, uh, my are... sister works in the hospitality business. She mm-hmm. came to the banquet, and she's still raving about the food that Good. night. She said it was absolutely outstanding. And I know she's she grades is a difficult grader. Sure. On subject. And I've heard that comment from several people, Joe. That Any... Chef Scott is really on on his game and is a great addition. Excellent. So that that is something to get out there. So. Feel free to hit the uh, concession stands and the uh, quick picks and wherever you might get a meal at Emerald Downs. Um, one other item of note, uh, the Caribbean Casino is open. Give a shout out to fans who go there in Kirkland. That's open for simulcasting as usual. And uh, you can catch training day on our YouTube channel. We shot Wednesday this week instead of Thursday. So go to Emerald, go to YouTube, Emerald Downs training day. And that seems to be pretty popular. Also, a lot of great content at the Emerald Downs channel. There's a video podcast, not this particular one. A lot of great Hall of Fame stories, retired racehorse stories. And we're going to be doing retired racehorse stories this year. New ones as well. So uh, more from the rest of us in a moment. But we're going to take a short time out here on Horse Racing Northwest. Your share of up to $100,000 every week with Jokers Run Wild at Muckleshoot Casino. We're drawing winners every Wednesday in May at 6, 7, and 8 p.m. inside Galaxy. Be here for your chance to win up to $100,000. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn entries with double entries on Tuesdays. Jokers Run Wild at Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Nation Heart with an explosive run down the stretch, open clear by four. Street Demand is chasing from a distant second, and a Jim is a Jim back third. But in deep stretch, it's all Nation Heart. Nation Heart cruising to victory and will put him away by five. Horse Racing Northwest, our final segment on our podcast, opening week at Emerald Downs. That was Nation Heart winning here last summer. He won a couple races, Vince. 
Nation Hart was very talented. Uh, the only race he didn't fire was in the Muckleshoot Derby. Uh, the only race he tried around two turns, and we all know he can run fresh. He popped at 13 to 1 and it made yeah. a special weight last year. I think both you and I were kicking ourselves after that one because I think we kind of liked him, <laughs> but yeah. just got away. But I it's, a, it's I, yeah. I know I didn't have him. It's I can a, remember that much. It's a deep field. There's nine, excuse me, eight entered nets, three-year-olds and up, which have never won two races, or Washington Bread, which have never won three, Frank's Fix-It, Naval Escort Stakes Place, Decimate, a fast horse from the Belvoir Barn. That's right. Ethan's Animal from the high-powered Blaine Wright, Todd and Shaw and Hanson Connection, and Nation Heart time and time again, who's hit the board a lot around here. I didn't see that coming. And rounding out the field is Democrat for Debbie Perry. Okay, that's our eighth of nine races on Sunday. First race at 2 p.m., Bill Downs is going to be calling that race. First day at the track and uh, new surroundings. I'm sure you uh, stepped into that announcer booth already, Bill. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. And uh, all right, well, let's see. We're going to do our sports short segment. Vince, you want to go first? I will. We mentioned, Joe, that uh, Rich Strike is, you mentioned, probably not going to look like he's going to pass the Preakness. One of the, my sports short will be, I remember in 1985, that was a huge deal because Spendabuck yeah. was a dominant winner on the front end under Angel Cordero. But then along came the Jersey Derby where they offered, what was it, $3 million or at that time? And Cam Gambolotti, and I forget the owner's name, um, passed that race. They went to the Jersey oh, Derby. Robert, no, he owned the track. Robert Brennan owned the yeah. track, yeah. and He uh, put up the bonus. So Lafitte Pinkai comes in and rides the horse, and he ends up beating Creme Fresh by just a neck at 1-20. to 20. And uh, that was at Garden State Park, a mile and a quarter. So meanwhile... Uh, I remember that race well. And actually, it was a bonus system of races where it was a... Garden State race, it was the Kentucky Derby, and then the Jersey you Derby. You are quite and right, yeah, because he won the, a, a Garden State race by 10 and a half, and then the Derby uh, by nine and a half. And then to win the bonus, he had to come back. The Derby by five and a quarter, and then, yeah, he had to go back to Garden State and win that race. Yeah, it was and he a did typical Lafitte Pinkai win. He was in deep trouble, that horse, that horse was on, on the his lips at the yeah. top of the stretch, and Pinkai just would not let him... Yes. They combined for a heck and of a win. And in fact, he got beat his next out uh, by skip trial okay. at Monmouth. And uh, he was uh, three to five in that race. But the horse that ended up winning the Preakness that year was Spend a Buck Passing. Can either of you guys name it? I think I know. I don't. And uh, the jockey got taken off for the race. Gary Stevens rode Tank's Prospect in the Kentucky Derby. I'm almost positive. And Very then good. Pat Day rode him maybe Correct. that day. And, yeah. and, yep, that is right. Stevens was off. He had ridden him in the Derby, and up went Pat Day, and he beat Chief's Crown by a head. Who was also second in the second or third in the Derby. Uh, the third favorite. in the Derby, that's okay. right, yeah. So uh, And then uh, Chief's Crown was also third in the Belmont. But good call, Joe. You nailed that because Tank's Prospect went off at 9-2 to two and won the Preakness. Yeah. Yeah, that was a Dwayne Lucas, Eugene Klein horse. Right? Yes, and then Stevens and Lucas and Klein, of course, three years later, would yeah. get a derby together with winning colors. Okay, Bill Downs, how about a sport short? Well, today, at the uh, when we're recording uh, this uh, podcast, the NFL schedule is coming out uh, a little bit later, a few hours from now, and uh, 
One thing I'm excited for, a little known fact about me, I'm a Green Bay Packers season ticket holder. My late father. That's not good to say around. Somebody. Well, that's okay. I don't mind the Seahawks. So I you know the you know, I know that we've got a little bit of a history, but uh yeah. uh my dad my, my late dad had uh, season tickets pre-Vince Lombardi. So he's had them forever. Wow. And a few years before he passed, he put them in my name so there'd be no problem. So now that I'm a Green Bay Packers season ticket holder, I, I am always excited about and you're the schedule. owner then too, right? Aren't you? Oh, I, I mean, I, I don't have the stock. How about that? Okay. But I guess, you know, at the fans sort of, you know. Pre-Vince Lombardi, because Lombardi yeah, they were terrible was their coach in 60 when they lost the Eagles, and he was probably there a year yeah, before my, that. My, gra- my grandfather was an NFL referee. Wow. Yeah. And so my dad would go with him to the, he was the oldest of eight. So he got to go to the games and he got to go to a lot of Packer games. And so therefore he just became a Packer fan, even though he grew up in Chicago and never was a Bears fan. But uh, when this year, the Packers are going overseas for the first time and they are designated as the home team. And so the Packers sent out an email saying, do you have any interest in going to the game? And I'm like, Yes. And there's a lot of conditions being put upon it, so I don't think it's as difficult as uh, winning the lottery for getting the getting to the Super Bowl or anything like that. You got to be one of the two people that are going overseas. You can't scalp the tickets. You can't put them on the on the uh, resale market. They okay. said they're and that's kind of a big faux pas in England anyway. Um, and so the, you know, there's a lot of things involved. So I'm hoping that I win the the lottery, if you will, to have the opportunity to go to England and we're going to play it at uh, Tottenham Hotspur uh, stadium, which is cool. in, uh, it's in London. And so I, I've spent a not, little time at Wembley, not at Wembley, which is where that's most the of the other. Yeah. That's uh that's where the national team plays. And I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars but were the, ex- I, were the London team every year. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. And they still are, but they're expanding. Oh, they're playing Jacksonville. Well, no, they're playing the, Gi- well, they're playing the giants oh, uh, cool. this year. Um, so I'm hoping to get that uh, little uh, email saying, hey, you got tickets if you want them. I just have to s- spend money and uh, get Sounds over there. Sounds fun it, to me. And it's October 9th, so it's after Perfect. the racing yeah. season here mm-hmm. at Admiral Downs. After we're done. Packers got a little negative playoff history with the Giants there. I hate to bring that oh, up. Oh, I know. I was at oh, that yeah. game. That Were was you? one of the, cold, the coldest games in NFL history. Didn't. Oh my goodness! I was Giants so... scored right before halftime, didn't they? Or well, uh, the Packers have a lot of uh, flaming defeats, if you will. They they oh, re- they, they they redefine losing uh, in strange He's... ways. But uh, well, yeah, at least they, they're there though every year. You when know, they but... lost to Brady or whatever, that's when there was a touchdown right before halftime. But the right. Giants, it was Favre's last game, I believe. Uh, um, okay. Oh, in the snow, uh, yeah, it went the overtime. Cold, the cold, yeah. That the, one went overtime. I was yeah. thinking of the next one. Eli, I think Eli Manning threw a TD pass right before halftime. Okay. The, the second one. Okay. Both were at Green Bay. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the 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 coldest one ever. That was uh, the yeah. that, that it was colder than the, than the ice bowl uh, back in the late sixties. Wow. So that's how cold. And I was there, and I looked like you know my face looked like I was went through a heavyweight fight because it was. Hey, that I remember darn Tom cold. Coughlin's nose. Yeah, that game. and that was my face because we were both. <laughs> he at least. You know, um, he got to go inside a little bit for halftime, and I sort of did too. But uh, uh, yeah, it was not fun. Cool, yeah, yeah, cool you, atmosphere though. You know, literally and figuratively, you I mean. need <laughs> you, you needed to have a, a you know you couldn't before the game. 
you couldn't you couldn't have like a, a adult beverage before it would freeze. Literally, if you oh had a beer, goodness. you pour it, it freeze. Wow, that's that, how that bad cold. it was. Yeah, we yeah, don't know so. that kind of cold out here. Yeah, we, yeah. So many thirteen and three seasons for the Packers. <laughs> I mean, even fifteen and one, and uh, just I just you know really felt they'd beat the Giants last year. I mean, the 49ers, yeah, excuse the Niners, me. Yeah. But the 49ers kind of controlled the ball a lot on the ground that game, didn't they? Yeah, they the Packers went down and scored. First, they, first drive, yeah. The first drive, you got Adams. You think the Packers are going to kick yeah. butt, and lo and behold, the uh, Rodgers couldn't move the football anymore. And, uh, yeah, that yeah. was a funny game. Yeah. Because the, the 49ers were not explosive, but let's face it, they took the Rams right down to the wire, too. And if the. They hadn't have fumbled that one punt, I think it was. They might have beat the Rams and gone to the Super Bowl. So, Bill Downs, a big Packer fan. They've got a super rich history, and he might be just watching a game overseas this year for the Pack after Emerald Downs is over. My sport short. Uh, let's go back to June twentieth, nineteen ninety six. That was our first ever opening day. And two jockeys that rode that day are still active here at Emerald Downs. Just two, Leslie Mowing and James Wooten. They're going to be back this year. I don't know if Wooten has a mount opening day, but he's he, serving I don't out think in the he mornings does. Certainly a lot. Mowing does, yeah. Yeah. So we have two jockeys from, uh, what's that, 26 years ago that are still riding. And Leslie Mowing, his career has been going great. James Wooten rode here last year and had some success. He won our biggest quarter horse race on CM Once in a Blue Mamoon. That's Remember right. That? Yeah. yeah. And there's only one other jockey that rode that day that is still active, and that would be Mike Allen. He has still had some mounts at Tampa this year. When did Kevin Radke start? He's... Radke, uh, his first mount here, I think, was 02. Okay, but as a rider? Uh, oh, you're talking simply at Emerald Yeah, Downs. who was okay. here that day. Gotcha. So anyway, Mowing and Wooten are still around. Well, what about Connie Dahl? She could still be she, around. She didn't ride that first ever opening day. Oh, she that's didn't? that's okay. the one I'm going on. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's been here every year. Right. He's just keep shooting holes into my thing here. No. And, and he's got some legitimate points. No, but, but they're I just all... just the ones that rode on six twenty ninety-six. Oh, you're airtight. Okay. So, and then we had a trivia contest, a trivia question a couple weeks ago. You know, I didn't even get any answers for this one. What's that mean? Come on, you get a prize. The last time, I think we went over the answer last week. The last time a the top three year old of the meeting at either Long Acres or Emerald Downs won the mile the very next year. It's pretty rare. Schnuck Pass is the most recent to do it. Top three year old of 1982. And it at would Long be, Acres, won the mile in 83. Would it be Noosa Beach? No, no. Chinook Pass is the most recent to do it. Oh, he to is the most recent. be the top three-year-old and then win the mile the next year. Okay. At either Long Acres or Emerald Downs. Well, Nobody's yeah. done it at Emerald Downs. Noosa Beach wasn't our top three-year-old oh, winning, winning machine, machine was, was that yep. year. Okay, yeah. yep. So this week's trivia question, and send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Uh, a horse who won a race here in 1996 and then sired an Emerald Downs winner. So a first-year horse that won and then sired a future Emerald Downs winner. There's two possible answers there. Tricky one. Yeah, that one's... One of the horses is pretty darn prominent. Well, actually, they're both, you know, in Emerald Downs history. So send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Bill Downs with us. He's going to be calling the action. On the sixth floor, starting this Sunday, 
Great to have you here, Bill. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Vince, uh, anything else? You got uh, some morning line work to do. Got some morning line work, and we still got some spots in the Emerald Racing Club. Hey, there you go. Uh, you got a couple horses, huh? com, Yeah, or uh, call me 253-288-7723. We're filling up. We've got a three-year-old filly, one fine day, and we got a three-year-old colt, Tango Said, by Stay Thirsty, both ready to run. So we should have some action. Very good. Emerald Racing Club, Vince Bruns, number once again, 253-288-7723 to join the club. One-time fee and You're good lots, to go. lots of activities. Okay, thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest. <laughs>